You're listening to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear their identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to the podcast. What's up this morning, Jay? How are you? Good. It's the end of a long week, so... I'm ready for the weekend. Thank goodness it's Friday, right? What a way to finish talking about Jesus, Lord. I just want to uh, to thank all of the listeners for tuning back in, Jay. We are continuing to get a lot of interest around the world. And again, just a shout out to the 52 that listened yesterday just because they could. Um, we're very excited to continue to talk around this idea of rediscovering biblical manhood. Just two dudes in a phone booth, but we're just hanging out talking about Jesus because we love him a lot. Uh, so, Jay, do you want to give us a quick recap as to, um, well, maybe not last week, two weeks ago now, the the course that was set for us around the poser? You know, we talked for a few weeks about the poser, and we were revisiting that in our own lives, Chica, which is the entire basis of this podcast. Chica and I are talking about something in our own lives that has come up for one or both of us. And then we talk about it here so we can unpack it, and we just let people in on the conversation. So it's always a good reminder. You know, you're not listening to a couple of theologians or professional counselors or anything of that nature. You're just listening to two guys trying to work out what is currently on their minds in their Christian walk in biblical manhood. And, you know, we both started new jobs this year. And so the intensity level ratcheted up for us. And so I think the poser was good to come back as we questioned ourselves. Hey, we've spent a lot of years trying to grow and mature. And What's it look like, you know, three, four months into our new jobs, our, our old things coming out that we need, that we need to deal with, you know, or are we handling our new assignments in a different way from when we were younger men and more driven by our poser? So that's really what a lot of that conversation was about. And I enjoyed that. And it kind of leads us into this next conversation, which is, well, I want to definitely not be a poser what do I replace that with? And we said, well, early in this podcast, what's the antidote to toxic masculinity? We said, it's not turning men into women. Mm. We said, it's authentic masculinity. So that's sort of where we're going to go for the next few weeks, which is, well, what is the pathhood to authentic masculinity? And how do I know where I am in that walk? And I think, you know, we, we talk about a number of different authors on this podcast. One we like because his entire ministry is dedicated to rediscovering biblical manhood and and the heart is John Eldridge. And so he has a helpful framework that we're going to use for this podcast. But, you know, Chica, as we've talked about a lot, there's a lot of people working in this space, yeah. uh, but but this framework's pretty help, helpful for the conversation we're going to have. So, so we're going to use it over the next few weeks. Jay, I think the setup from the very last episode was, how does God see me? I'm thinking about the poser, how does God see me? So it's a seamless transition into, therefore, what are the stages of masculinity. So for our listeners, quick test as you're driving, quick test as you are sitting in a, in a chair sipping coffee. You know, when you hear the word masculinity, like what comes up for you? How do you define masculinity? And of I course, think about muscles. <laughs> Jay, do you think of um, Batman, the phone booth? Do you think of Superman? Like who are some of your favorite masculine characters? I, I love gladiator it is hard not to love that character he has some unbelievable commentary in that movie if you've never seen the movie gladiator that's a classic 
as you were speaking there, I did a quick research to see what Google would define masculinity as. And you're going to love this, Jay, because this is not necessarily biblical. This is just Google. So it's the top search or what's being pushed to the top search. It says masculinity equals the social expectations of being a man. The term masculinity refers to the roles, behaviors. I love that. Refers to the roles, behaviors, and attributes that are considered appropriate for boys and men in a given society. Oh, and we could take that apart for days. But then this <laughs> other one popped up that I do want to read to you, Jay. And I don't want to go too much down this path on this episode. But the meaning, the meaning of masculinities, IES, sex is biological, gender is social, masculinity equals social um, expectations of being a man, whereas femininity, femininity equals social expectations of being a woman. So. Wow. As we've seen our world come apart, you know, in, in, in at least the last decade, you and I have watched this accelerate. There are definitely dif different definitions to maybe what you and I grew up. And imagine if somebody laid that definition on you. Where are you supposed to go with that? <laughs> like, that is just such a tough definition. A lot, a lot of accuracy there, but then a lot of, you know, we've discarded the sacred kind of core. What does it mean to be a man? The good news is, the Bible does not leave us hanging on this point. And I know that working with you, your sons, I mean, I've got daughters, you've got sons, but working with your sons and, and the local boys that we've uh, shepherded over the last few years, Jay, you've used a great definition around this. Yeah, there's a great definition. It comes from the book, Raising a Modern Day Night. I really like this book. Of course, I have a couple of sons. They're older now, but you know, I was thinking a lot about this when they were young. How do we raise them? And the definition of manhood is, yes, he defines it. And, and there's a lot of biblical undergirding here. So this is definitely a book written to Christians who are trying to raise Christian men. And he says, you know, real men, number one, they reject passivity. They are not passive. Now, that doesn't mean they're aggressive. We can talk about that. Um, they accept responsibility, not for something they've done. I mean, they accept broader responsibility of what it means to be a man. And when we start talking about stages of manhood, that'll make a lot more sense. They lead courageously. That does not mean they are the most outgoing, gregarious, upfront dude. They lead courageously from their heart and the kingdom that God has put under their authority. And all men, we've talked about this, we all have se several kingdoms that have been placed under our authority. And then for a real man expects the greater reward. He's looking forward to the restoration of all things. He's storing his treasure in the right place, which is not here and in heaven. I've always loved that definition. I taught it to my boys. I got them to memorize it because the world comes against that definition in a lot of ways, like really aggressively. And so um, that is something that I've really leaned on over the years. Rejecting passivity, accepting responsibility, leading courageously. And the last one is expect the greater reward. What is that referring to, that fourth one? Yeah, and I really think this is the one where it empowers you to say, I'm not going to take and pursue the, the treasures of this world, mm. you know, materialism, money, power, sex, everything like that. I'm going to lead in a way that I'm storing my treasure in heaven. And this is a huge theme in the New Testament, right, that Jesus is talking about all the time. The Christian life, the kingdom life is here and now, and you can experience it. But it doesn't mean, you know, this is not the prosperity gospel. Like, if I believe in Jesus, everything will be great. I'll never get sick, and I'll drive a really beautiful car. No, the Bible is really explicit. Like, actually, your life here could be pretty miserable, frankly. However, you'll have peace in your heart about it. And because you are leading for Christ and sharing the gospel in the world and being an authentic man, you are storing up massive treasure in heaven. And when you get there, 
there's a great feast and reward waiting for you in a mansion that Christ has prepared just for you. And so, you know, this is a challenge in, in a material world, in the Western world, where so much is available to us right now that brings so much pleasure to our bodies and our flesh. But real men reject all of that. They just step back and go, nope, I expect and I'm working towards the greater reward, which comes in the life after this life. I think at 1 Corinthians J 16, where it says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave and be strong. And I think that that, that speaks into all of those four points. But today, Jay, I know that, that that almost sidetracked us. We did promise our listeners that we would jump into at least the overview of what you mentioned was John Eldridge's Stages of a Man. So let's let's quickly pray uh, just to get recentered wherever we are listening to this episode. Father, we just ask that as we explore what it is that as men we can be to be more men or more masculine, Lord, that you just bring the spirit into us to open our eyes and open our hearts so that we can maybe admit what we've been posing, maybe admit what we may be missing, and uh, and really maybe even reach back into places we may have shut down because we're not proud of. Lord, we're just asking you to expose them today as we continue our journey to be and rediscover our biblical manhood. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Jay. So as we jump into the six stages of a man's life, let me give a quick overview and then you come in and color in some of the pages here. So the first stage, according to John, is the beloved son, and that happens around boyhood. Uh, the second stage is the cowboy stage, which begins around the time of adolescence. The third stage is the warrior stage in the early 20s after adolescence. The lover stage is the 20s and 30s of a man's life. The king stage is the 40s to 60s, and then there's the sage stage. 60-ish and beyond. You know, I think if we bring it back to the beginning, the foundational stage in a, in a man's life is his boyhood. Boyhood. And there are certain things that for a man to be healthy later in life, especially when they get into some of the very intense stages, warrior and king, uh, where you are leading all the time. You know, if those things don't happen, if you don't get that foundation, it can v very much disrupt remainder of your life. And unfortunately, you know, and really throughout history and Chica, we talked about this way back in our first few podcasts, really in the first three podcasts of this uh, last year, uh, talking about how we've lost this initiation of man for, for most of human history, all societies, secular, non-secular, all, all around the world had very, very specific initiation rights for boys transition to manhood. And when you were a boy, you did certain things and you spent a lot of time with your mother, but there was things happening and you started to come alongside and work with your father and then you grew. And then there was a real snapping of the chalk line, some sort of initiation into manhood where you left behind the boy. But in the boyhood stage, what it what is designed to be cemented there is that you know you are the apple of your father's eye. You know you are a beloved son, that your father delights in you that he's happy that you're here. This is where you are sort of embedded with the love that allows you to know you have what it takes, right? And it's really, really interesting because when you, when you think about it, when Jesus enters his ministry, he's in his early uh, 30s. So he's right, you know, warrior and lover stage. Um, and, and, and he's you know, about to head out into the world. And what happens? 
he he goes down to John the Baptist and says, you know, hey, I got to get baptized. And John's like, no, listen, man, no, you're supposed to baptize me. And Jesus says, no, this is appropriate. Like, we've got to get things kicked off right. And John baptizes him. And when he comes out of the water, what really starts Jesus' ministry, and, and, it, and, it, and it says it a couple of different ways in a couple of different gospels, but God speaks. And he speaks, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. In another of the gospels, he says, this is my son in who I am well pleased. Listen to him. Like God lays his own authority over Jesus. And Jesus knows coming out of that water, my father loves me. He delights in me. I can stand on the foundation of his manhood as I move into my own and I am secure. And in the boyhood is where our manhood is supposed to be secured future. And unfortunately, particularly in the Western world where we have multiple generations of lost boys, raising boys, and so many boys' childhoods have been disrupted, we miss this stage. And many boys leave their boyhood not knowing that their father delights in them, not having a foundation to know they have what it takes, not being secure in who they are. Which ties back to the poser. Um, exactly what we spoke to was that question, do I have what it takes? And therefore, when that question is not answered, what do we do? We insert what we think should be there because we never got it from daddy growing up. Uh, and then that speaks to everything that we're dealing with in the world today with fatherless homes, more divorces, more children being raised by mothers. You know, that masculinity leaves that obvious gap straight away. So Jay, with boyhood real quick, boyhood's really just the time of wonder and exploration, right? It's the time where if you can imagine, I remember when when I was wearing different colored shorts to different shirts, maybe not even a shirt. I, I had different socks on because I didn't care. You know, it wasn't about image back there. It was a time I'd go out, I'd grab a stick and I'd just start digging in the ground because I was just wondering, is there a worm down there, right? It was the time where I learned my first superhero was He-Man. Grinja. Oh my gosh. Right, right. So yeah, I remember, remember like, Shira, Princess of Power. There like, you come go. On and now. Skeletor. So, oh, you know, Skeletor. It's, it's the days of boyhood where there's just so much joy, wonder, and exploration. Um, and, and really just that search for to look up at dad and to think of dad, to look back at you, as you said, and just see him look at you as a beloved son. Right. Because you're exactly right, Chica. That's what boyhood is supposed to be. It's supposed to be idyllic, it's supposed to be safe. It's supposed to be endless summers where I know that I'm secure. Uh, I'm in my mother's skirts. My father is just a god to me. And I'm supposed to bask under the, the umbrella of his safety. Now, this is where it gets disrupted, right? If you grow up in a home where dad is not secure, not a safe person, the home is not safe. It's, it's chaotic. Your boyhood gets disrupted and you don't have that magical, idyllic time to get that foundational setting of your identity. And it gets radically disrupted. And we know from psychology, like all kinds of crazy things happen in your brain during that time if things don't go right. And this is where the poser takes root. For most, I, I hate to say this, but it's just true if you look at the data, for most boys and young girls, they did not grow up in a safe environment. They did not grow up under the protection of a father who created an environment where they could have that idyllic childhood. And the roots of the poser are set because you have to figure out how to protect yourself in that. And you have to start to put up masks. I have to act a certain way for dad not to be violent or angry, or if uh, dad's you know, yelling at mom, or if dad's just absent, like physically absent, he's not in my life, I miss it. Or if he's there, but he's emotionally absent. So unfortunately, before you can walk 
and, and put the poser all the way to bed before you can walk in the stages of manhood in a healthy way, you have to go back and examine your boyhood and say, honestly to yourself, and this can be very difficult. We've talked about this on this podcast. We want to protect our nuclear family so much, but you have to honestly go back and say, what did my father do well? If he was there, if he wasn't there, this gets really challenging. But what, what, what was not right and what needs to be healed in my boyhood so I can reintegrate? These are big concepts we're talking about, but, but, but we've got to go back and examine our boyhood to see what's happened there, what went well, what didn't go well, what do I need to think about, where do I need to bring Jesus back for healing so I can set off on these other stages. And maybe that is the assignment for this week when we're driving to work, driving home from work that it's a, it's a look back and it's tough, Jay, that's real tough. Cause that's going to take quiet. That's going to take potentially knocking on doors that you've locked shut for a number of years that may even take asking your parents if they're still here about memories. You also bring up another point too. And I just want to also insert for the listeners on the call that don't have sons that have daughters. If there is that question, do I have what it takes? There's also a question that the girls ask when they look up at daddy too as a side step to, to, to this conversation. And that is, am I enough? And so as a dad looking down at the daughter, something that I'm constantly asking myself is, are you showing your daughters? Are you giving your daughters the answer to that question that they are enough in who they are today? And so I think, you know, if you have young boys and you're listening to this podcast, what a great moment for you to be listening because you can be thinking about the environment you provide. If you have older children, that's okay if you got this right or wrong, if you got it wrong, you can always, always go back. See, the beautiful thing about Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God is he always has time and healing is always available. The entire kingdom life is about redemption and about healing and about reintegration. So ironically, here in 20 minutes, we talked about a lot of big concepts that now we really will spend the next few weeks unpacking. But I think, I think Chica's right. The invitation this week, if you're willing to do it, and I would advise you, if you do do this, be very gentle with yourself. Just begin to think about, maybe journal, however you take, take time. Do take some time and ask yourself this, this question. If you've been tracking with us and you went through the poser and you're interested now as we launch off onto what does it look like, what are the stages of manhood, go back and look at your boyhood. What happened there really? what really happened there and begin to write down some things that were wonderful and beautiful and some things that, you know, this was not wonderful and beautiful and start to ask Jesus, what do I do about this? Really practical. If you're going to get out a pen and paper is to draw one, two, three, four, five, all the way to 10, maybe 12 on a piece of paper and try and think back to each of those years and mark out almost map what happened to you during those years, which could open up those doors. You may unnerve some things that really create some chaos in your life. I will tell you, you know, for me, when I did these exercises, I sought counseling. I sought wise people to help me process those. Don't go through that alone. If you unnerve some things that, that need to be dealt with, you know, if you're a member of a solid church, reach out to your pastoral team. If not, find a good Christian counselor and, and go and talk. That is a very manly thing to do. Don't 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 drop that either on your wife when she's making stir fry for you. Hey, guess what I learned about when I was six years old? No, 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 no. Find the right timing. That's right. And we'll talk more about that. So uh, let me pray us out. Uh, Lord Jesus, we got jumped into a lot of pretty serious topics really fast there. So for anyone listening to this podcast, I pray grace and peace over their lives and clarity in their minds as they begin to think about these things. Uh, for Chica and I, I pray that we would be wise in how we treat this topic over the next few weeks. There's a lot here that can be dangerous and 
you know, Lord, just just help us in this brief podcast each week to uh, provide that which the listeners need to hear and that which we need to hear in our own lives and take action on. And Chica and I both thank you for the amount of action you've put into our lives that allowed us to heal and have these conversations in an open way. So we love you, Jesus. We pray blessings over this week. And we just thank you for who you are and what you've done and what you are yet to do. 